For so many people, Sex in the City is a model for the ideal New York City life and dream. You get to sit with your friends on Fifth Avenue, drinking Cosmos and living out your main character life. But what they don't show is the hard work and perseverance that living in New York City really is. Join me, Caven Hendren, as I set out to cultivate a community of people from various industries, from the performing arts world, to the modeling world, even the real estate and finance world, to talk about what it's actually like living in the concrete jungle. Along the way, we'll have thought-provoking conversation, share advice to each other, share advice to you, and don't worry, we'll drink a few Cosmos along the way. This is The Bradshaw Effect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Bradshaw Effect. Everybody, I am so excited for today's episode. We have on someone today who I knew through the grapevine before we officially met uh, actually just a couple months ago in person after knowing each other on social media for a little bit. Um, but he is so incredibly talented and so kind. And it's the one and the only Sam Gerber. How are you, Sam? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for doing this. I know I said it before we started recording, but I just want to say it again, because it really means the world that you're taking your day off from your crazy show schedule to to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Sam is in Back to the Future on Broadway, and I saw first preview and got to chat with him a little bit afterwards. Um, it is such a good show. How are previews doing? Previews are fantastic. The audience loves it. We're getting standing ovations every performance, and it's it's a thrill. I swing the show. I'm a swing, so it's it's honestly so special to be able to watch from the house um as much as i get to as much as i get to um and the energy in the audience is absolutely electrifying they love it we love doing it for them it's truly something special and the the special effects of the show are phenomenal and what i like to say about the show the most i think is is that the show itself has so much heart and it's a good story to tell and it's a great story for us to tell every night you know eight times a week that was um, the thing after first preview i remember i sent you that message about the line before we were even before house was even open the line everybody listening if you know the winter garden theater it was wrapped around the entire building on all four sides back around to the front where the doors were and like snaked all the way around and i messaged you and was like I, I smell a hit because, I mean, I have never seen that kind of a line before. Just the amount. I mean, we're, we're at 98% capacity at almost every performance um, in previews. So it's it's absolutely wonderful to be a part of. And the thing is, too, it's like, I feel like a lot of times with shows that are big blockbuster uh, movie to musical adaptations, it's easy to get lost in the spectacle, but something that your show, The Back to the Future does so well is that it doesn't lose the heart, like you said. It every, like it, you can go and see it. If you're not, I feel like as familiar with the movie, I was, you know, one of those people I hadn't seen the movie. I was familiar with like the story and everything, but I hadn't seen it and I still thoroughly enjoyed it. And now after seeing the movie, after I saw the show, I'm planning on coming back to see all the little things that I have missed now having seen the movie. And, but I still enjoyed it. And like, it's something for everybody. And I think that that is such a rare thing. And that's why, you know, on top of all the many other wonderful aspects about the show that I think it's really resonating with people already. Yeah. And I think, I think so much of it, as I said earlier, is the heart. Like it really comes from the top and it's, 
completely handled with love and it's completely handled with respect and it's completely handled with joy. Our, our writer, uh, the creator of Back to the Future, like, you know, the, the person who thunk it in his brain, <laughs> um, Bob Gale, is just like the sweetest human. Every preview, he's he's there. He sends his personal emails about things that happened throughout the show and um, things. And he sent me one of the cutest emails ever the other day. The audience can tell how much we love it, how much we love each other, how much um, the creative team loves it. And we're just trying to nurture it as much as we can right now in the preview process before we finalize everything. I kind of want to transition and kind of go back and talk about your journey to New York. I didn't, don't think I explained it at the top. We know each other through the Lexington Theater Company network of people that do, had done shows with them. And that's how we got acquainted. But how has your journey, you know, I guess, been from performing to New York and how that has kind of evolved? So I grew up in California. I grew up in Modesto, California, started dancing at a very, very, very young age. Um, I would watch my sister through the window of her dance class and go home and <laughs> do it, do the things that I was barely walking at the time, you know, two, two years old. And um, you know, I mean, not barely walking, but you know what I mean? Um, and I would just like pick things up. And uh, so they're like, okay, yeah, we got to put them in dance. Um, so I did. And that was all of that stuff. And I did that for years and years and years, um, competitive dance. I got an agent when I was, uh, I want to say about nine or 10. Um, I had a dance agent in LA and um, didn't do, didn't work much. I lived, we lived about six, seven hours from LA. So it was, gotcha. it was not something that, that I, I could easily get to an audition all the time. Um, and especially in LA, things are so much faster there um, in terms of when, calls especially for dancers go out like it's it's very quick um because they expect everyone to live you know nearby um and so my agents you know would call and be like can you be here tomorrow and i'd be like no <laughs> we live seven hours away and uh, so um didn't audition too much down there when i was a kid um i did work actually as a kid at i the one job that i did do um I was in Just Dance Kids, the video game. Oh my god! Um, yeah, uh, Just Dance Kids two. Um, back in two thousand eleven, I believe it came out, or was when we filmed um, filmed it, and uh, that was a blast. You know, we'd like I'd go down. I was in. I'm in three of the numbers. Um, go down for a few days, learn the choreo, go back home, go back the next week for costume fittings and filming. Um, and we're on a set all day and green screens and wow. the food truck side of uh, craft services there. And um, <laughs> as a, as an 11 year old, it's pretty special to do, yeah. um, especially not living in LA, you know, like you expect that from, for the kids that are living in LA and are doing the things all the time. But for someone who's, you know, from Northern California, being able to just kind of get a glimpse of, of that life um, so young was so, so special to me. Um, and then that was kind of it. And then I started doing theater around that same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I had done like a little, like little, little, little week long, two week long, little intensive things in the theater in like any, like in even smaller towns around me that were really nothing. That was more like an excuse to just like our parents gave us something to do. Nothing crazy, not a big scale musical, you know, probably 45 minute, 60 minute show that we would put together in a week or two. And, but I loved it. Like I enjoyed it, 
even when I was, you know, six or seven and then kind of lost it for a bit because I was so focused on dancing and then um, got into musical theater with a local youth entertainment stage company in in Modesto, um, which was run by our county office of education, where in every summer, two month long intensive, put up a musical in a national touring house, just being able to be on that stage and the posters of Audrey McDonald's concert and uh, Chris <laughs> and Chenna with, you know, and I'm changing in the dressing room that they were in sitting on that same sofa, and which is something very, very uh, special to have had the chance and opportunity to do as a, you know, 12 year old as well and then um i kind of that was like my summer that was my summer life um for the next six years um i was doing that every summer doing all of the musicals um that i could and then high school musicals and you know all of those things and um that's when really where my love for musical theater blossomed i eventually going to college had to make the choice of do i want to pursue dance or do i want to pursue musical theater mm. Uh, and so I eventually chose musical theater and it wasn't an easy decision, but I was like, I'm a dancer. I've always danced my whole life. Like I don't need to go to school to dance, obviously. And I still did. Like I said, I went to musical theater school for that purpose. Right. <laughs> and that was the, was that I, I eventually was like, well, I need the voice lessons and I need the acting classes and I need, and dancing all in one. Like I can mm -hmm. do all of that together. Uh, and I went to Marymount Manhattan here in the city and that's how I got here and I was there for two years and I told myself freshman year that I wasn't going to audition except for like summer stocks and things for the next summer and um and I stuck to that and I didn't go to any calls and I you know I was really like I'm here to learn so I'm going to um and then kind of had done a summer stock gig that summer and then I was like you know what I think I could start trying to, or at least start understanding the world a bit more and start going to some calls and things. Uh, reached out to some agencies and none of them would sign me. And even the one that I had worked with in LA that I used to have, literally they repped me. They were like, mm, you're still young. And and within that next six months, I had booked the Mean Girls National Tour. Oh my gosh. Um, so it was pretty quick. <laughs> um, and I left school to do that. I mean, equity first national tour. I was swinging that as well and understudying Damien. So I was, you know, I was 19 years old on my first equity national tour. It's just like something that, you know, we'd, I'd always dreamed of. And so I was like, you know what, got to do it. And yeah. dropped out of school, went on tour. And then six months later, COVID hit. <laughs> so then it was uh, back home, back home to California. I went. So, yeah. So that's how I got to the city, moved in in 2017 yeah fall of 2017 and was out on tour by the spring by the summer of 2019 through shows like sex in the city were painted this glamorous luxurious lifestyle that you can have you definitely can have it it's just not you know the sunshine and rainbows and cosmos on fifth avenue every day you you know have a very unique experience like you came here with for school and with school so how did, you know, your perception of the city change whenever, you know, you were here with school and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, and it was it was such an interesting thing, too, because school, it was on the Upper East Side. So the campus, you know, is is on 72nd and 3rd. Um, and our my my college dorm was a big high rise apartment building on 55th Street, 55th and, and 3rd. So I was in Midtown East as an 
18 year old uh, <laughs> we would like scour the ticket um options for shows and all of a sudden if something became available within 45 minutes of curtain yeah. we would click buy and <laughs> the cheapest ticket that we could find and we would just run to the theater and then you also have you know the schools on the upper east side and you're Everyone that I tell that to is like, oh yeah, Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but that definitely is not, <laughs> definitely is not the vibe that we are living. We're not going to the Met every day. And I think, and and that's what's so funny too, is, you know, all of these shows paint New York as in truly as like, you can be anywhere in 20 minutes and you can see everything every day and do all the things. And like, there's no time. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> here you know i'm like i talk to my mom every day and she's like well what are you doing and i'm like i'm going to work and i'm going home <laughs> you know or like or i'm going to work and on my dinner break i'm going to the gym and then because i'm not getting up that early to go do that and then you know and then i go back to the theater and then i go home yep. <laughs> you know and it takes me 30 minutes to get home because i live uptown and it's it's a funny learning experience of just like how busy the city is and everyone's on the move go doing the hustle. That's like the thing I struggle with, like that took me a minute to adjust to is how I don't see my friends as often as I thought I would. We all have the 10,000 things on our to-do list for the day or for the week. And then whenever you do, you know, get to see them, it makes it a little bit more special because like the weeks and or months, however long it's been, depending on what the situation is, has been crazy. It truly is another hundred people from company. Okay, like it, yes. the whole vibe of the city is like, do I go to yours? Do you go to mine? Do I meet you? Okay, but if, if that doesn't work, then I'll meet you on your side of town at work or tomorrow. And then, okay, great. I'll see you in three months. And and the fact of the matter is you live 10 blocks from them yep. at all times and you will only see them once a month. <laughs> so you get this call email offer all of it for mean girls what was yeah. what was your your reaction to that how how did you feel it was and it was a very long audition process for me who knows why who knows why it was so long for me um but it was a long process in general for a lot of people um they just couldn't find the boys that they wanted the men that they wanted for this um, ensemble and I had been cut before and I was in and it took about five months for my first audition to getting the job offer. It was something special and I was in school and it was actually one of my teachers who now is a mentor and close friend allowed me to skip her class to go to this finals and I didn't really tell her what was happening and she was very much a teacher that was like oh if you just miss this session just come to tomorrow's for this other one and you can easily make it up. Um, because that's just how city life is, you know, too. Like some days you just have to do something that day. You have to go to this audition or you have to go do this. And obviously in school, we weren't supposed to be auditioning. So I couldn't really tell people that I, where I was going. Um, but, um, luckily she let me go and I came at, back for the class the next day and for this makeup session and literally at the end of class, like I was going to pick up or I was going to pack I was going to pack up my bag and my phone was ringing and I was just like, okay, wild <laughs> answered it, you know, and it's, it says like, maybe this person, you know, and it was like, maybe, and it was the assistant 
casting director's name. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, and at the time I didn't have an agent. I was in talks um, with an agency at the time and I was just, just about to sign with them when I got the job offer. It was a wild moment. It was, it was really like, like I just like slammed against the wall <laughs> holding the phone. And I like <laughs> made one of my friends that was in that class from across the room and he immediately knew what was happening. And he's just like looking at me and nodding and being like, is, is, is it? And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. With, with my head shaking because I'm trying to talk on the phone. And <laughs> so I flew home for maybe three weeks and got to tell my whole family that I was going out on tour and I had moved out of my apartment here and given all my stuff to my college friends who were furnishing their new apartments. And, and then, yeah. And then I, so I worked at the Lex that summer and then immediately flew back. And like that next day I had a costume fitting for Mean Girls once we finished up at the Lex. So wow. it was quick. When you were on tour, why don't you give like listeners a little bit of like what tour life is like? So the shortest thing we ever did was a week. We never did less than a week okay. anywhere. Um, but we did do a, a good amount of one weekers, especially towards the end. Um, the beginning was a lot of sit downs. Um, we were in, but like they weren't super long. You know, like you look at Hamilton who will do a sit down for like six months in a city. And we were just like a month, five weeks, six weeks max. We did like a, a month in Chicago, two weeks in Boston. We had a lot of two weekers the first time around. Um, which was nice, but like the one weekers are hard because yeah. you travel Monday, which is your day off. And then they're loading in Monday night and Tuesday morning. And we literally show up to the theater for the first time at five and we get walked around, you know, shown where things are, mm-hmm. um, if anything's changed to the deck, right. Because the stage is slightly smaller on stage, right in the wing space. So we have to make this cut and change this around. And like, now the prop box is over here and your quick change will be over here. And, um, like those things do change city to city a lot too. Um, so we like do that for about 20 minutes and then they update us on whatever's new or, you know, anyone's leaving or coming or going or vacation swings or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Literally it's like, that's five to five 30. And then we prep for sound check for six, six to six 30 is sound check lift call. House open at 7, 7.30 performance. Boom. Damn. Tour is hard. It's hard. And it's fun. I loved it. I would gladly do it again. It's truly something special. And seeing the country is something special. I love seeing your pictures of all the different places that you were on for Mean Girls. I mean, half the time that you all were in like those um, like beautiful sunshine states, whether it be like California or Florida or whatever, and you're by the pool, I was always so jealous. I was like, ah, I wish. Did you have oh, like yeah. a favorite place on tour i had a few i actually really loved toronto because we were lucky enough to canada for a bit um we went a little international for a month and we did five weeks in toronto and i wish it was warm i wish we were there in the spring or like november (laughs) so it was a little (laughs) cold a lot of was actually kind of freezing it was actually one of the earliest snows that they had had in a long time we actually happened to be right there for it and they were like we promise it's not usually this cold and not usually this like <laughs> blizzard randomly like we really got like this crazy snowstorm once at one point in time and as a california boy too we did two 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 and a half months maybe almost three months in california hopping around so awesome. that was nice 
did a month in San Francisco, which is where I grew up seeing shows. And I grew up only an hour and a half from San Francisco. So all of my family came and saw the show there. And there was one performance that I was on for Damien that um, I actually was lucky enough to get planned. Um, and I had maybe 120, 130 people in the audience that day for that performance wow. all at one show, which was kind of crazy. And um, got to go to dinner and drinks with them after, you know, so many people and my 90 year old grandma was able to come and see me perform maybe one last time since I'm now here. That was one of the special moments for me. So as you went to the end of Mean Girls, how soon did you have Back to the Future lined up? And so that audition process for them also was very long. And I actually ended up coming in to the audition room towards the end. Um, the final week actually of auditions was the first time that I had actually been in the room. Um, and people have been in since August and I didn't come in until December. And we happened to be on a layoff. Um, we happened to have three weeks off from tour. So um, I went home for a bit and then my agents called and were like, can you fly to New York <laughs> to go audition for Back to the Future on Broadway? And I was like, sure, 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 sure. Got the job offer the next week. Um, which was a nice little Christmas present. It came a few days before Christmas. So I got to tell all my, my agents were like, don't post anything. Obviously don't tell too many people, but like, it looks like you could have a nice announcement for, wow. for Christmas, which we were, I was not home for, I was back. We were back on tour for Christmas, but was able to call my family and tell, tell my, my grandparents and things um, and aunts and uncles all at um, when they were at Christmas dinner, which was a nice moment too. So um, and then we had about, yeah, we, and then we closed Mean Girls in May and I had a week off before I started rehearsal, a week and a half to move, wow. basically move back to the city, um, move into an apartment, furnish, build, build furniture for a week and then <laughs> start a rehearsal. So I kind of want to shift into, like, as we go to wrap this up, the thing, you know, this show is called the Bradshaw effect because I had this experience whenever I first moved here where it was the moment that I like to call the time I was like first fully present here in the city and sitting in my life where it was felt like I was in sex in the city or a movie and I had the chance to kind of tell myself like wow you made it have you had a Bradshaw effect moment that has felt really been significant so far in your journey mm, great question <laughs> Well, it's funny because I feel like I've had a few. Obviously, when we we opened, when we when we began previews for this, like like I'm on Broadway now, you know, like that's a wild thing, and it was also so like chill <laughs> that yeah. like it took like I was watching from the house and you know watching everyone uh, give a standing ovation for the show that I'm in and our first preview on Broadway. And, and I had that moment of like, holy shit, I'm doing this. Yep. And then it was just like every other day, you know, like it was so, so average and so normal and nothing crazy happened. we had a party after, but like, <laughs> and I think that is like the epitome of the city, mm -hmm. you know, 100%. Is that all of these big things are happening and these things that you've worked towards your whole life. And then like it happens and you're just like, yeah, that was just another day another day here in New York, you know, we're like, I got, uh, while we were here, my mom and I were here apartment hunting in the city. And during one of my weeks off, um, from Mean Girls and I 
got recognized on the street by a, by a fan, by someone who had seen me in Mean Girls um, here in, I don't know what city it was, here in the Northeast somewhere, just in the middle of Times Square, was just like, Sam from Mean Girls? And they, and they were immediately like, and you're doing Back to the Future next, right? Like we already have our ticket for first preview and Aww. like, and like that was a crazy moment to me because, you know, it was, it was not someone I knew anymore. It was like someone that had seen me in a show a few months ago, recognizing me on the street. It's, it's so wild. Well, and just like that, we're going to wrap this up and be at the end of the episode. Sam, I cannot thank you enough for taking your day off to sit here and talk with me. I know that, you know, sometimes on those days off, we'd rather be curled up with Netflix or whatever on in, in the bed. But I really appreciate you talking with me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I will link all of Sam's social media and things in the show notes so you can follow and keep up with his journey, as well as I'll link some uh, website information to get your tickets to Back to the Future if you want to come to New York. If you're not living here, if you're here, you can go see it. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Make sure you follow The Bradshaw Effect on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever you stream your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, follow us on social media. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, see you all later. Bye.